Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week with me is none other than Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing this? This is we're on the cusp of the Masters uh, this week, we are. and I know we're all excited. Yeah, it's excited, and I know your daughter is out working uh, in Augusta National this weekend. Correct? She is for the Golf Channel. We're very excited, although the sun has not come out in Buffalo yet. Um, we don't have any snow, but but we're waiting for spring. Yeah, I know. It, well, it's supposed to be here already, but uh, uh, I can't complain. I'm, of course, being down in Florida. It's a little bit nicer than where you are right now, but uh, I know it won't be that long. All right, everybody, uh, we've got a great show for you this morning, and I'll tell you a little bit about that here in just a second. But let me remind everybody, of course, uh, we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, for those of you who have never been here before, of course, uh, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, or you can just type women of golf up in the search key, and that will take you to the main page. And, of course, we'll be front and center uh, Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10. Um, for those of you that uh, maybe can't join us live and want to tune in a little bit later on, you can just scroll down on that page, and in the on-demand section, all of the shows, of course, are auto-recorded. So uh, if you can't tune in live, just scroll down that page to the on-demand section, and you can listen to all of the shows in their entirety uh, under the recorded section there. Uh, if you want to also catch us on some of the other social media platforms, you can listen into at iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com as well. And again, under the podcast section, just type in Women of Golf and that will take you there as well. I uh, always love to hear from you. If you want to join us uh, anytime during the live broadcast, you can do so by calling area code 347-945-5855. Uh, love to hear from you as well. Uh, or you can e- email comments or questions to either Cindy and I, and our email addresses are as follow. Uh, Cindy's is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So as I mentioned, we've got a great show, uh, Cindy, this morning. Uh, we're going to be joined here in just a second uh, by two great uh, guests to start the show off, uh, Zach Sapanik, He's the Symmetra Tour uh, Media and, and Public Relations Official, and Lieutenant Laurel Gill, who is a Meteorology Oceanography Officer in the United States Navy. So let me just tell you a little bit about them, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll start a discussion this morning. Uh, as I mentioned, Zach uh, is with us. Uh, he is in his first year with the LPJ Tour after being hired uh, last fall, October 2017, as a Symmetra Tour's Media and Public Relations Official. Uh, prior to moving to Daytona, Daytona Beach, uh, Zach was a sports anchor and reporter for the NBC affiliate in Grand Rapids, Michigan, his hometown. Uh, he has a bachelor's in journalism from Grand Valley State University and a master's in strategic communication from the University of Oklahoma. And Laurel's uh, a little bit about her. She's, uh, again, a Lieutenant Laurel Gill. 
She's a meteorology oceanography officer in the United States Navy and grew up in La Jolla, California. Uh, she went to college at the United States Naval Academy and as a midshipman, midshipman uh, Laurel participated in powerlifting and she also created the USNA women's golf team. Uh, we'll talk to a little bit about that in, uh, later in the segment. Uh, she graduated in 2011 with the Bachelor's of Science in Oceanography and a minor in French and currently stationed in San Diego. Uh, she's going to be playing in this weekend's Metro Tour event, the IOA Championship, uh, April 6th to 8th at the uh, Tukwet Cannon. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, first off with, with Zach about the tournament itself. And then we'll talk to Laura uh, about uh, how she's going to be uh, teaming up this weekend to try and win that ta- uh, championship. She's also uh, been invited under a sponsor's exemption and invitation from the uh, event. So, um, guys, welcome to uh, the Women of Golf Show. Well, thanks for having us, Ted. I'm excited. All right. Well, well thank you. Um, so, Zach, let's start off with you, as I said. Um, tell us a little bit about the uh, the tournament this weekend. Where is it going to be held, and, and uh, what, what do you anticipate the field's going to be? Yeah, well, we have a, a total of 144 players competing for a purse of $100,000 at the Morongo Golf Club at Tuckwet Canyon. It's the third annual IOA championship presented by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Uh, last year's winner, Daniela Darkea of Ecuador, is uh, on the LPGA Tour now after earning uh, conditional status through the LPGA qualifying tournament in December, so she won't be in the field, which means we will have a new winner this year. Um, if you would mm-hmm. like, uh, these storylines kind of revolve around, besides the great story of, of Laurel, um, a lot of the local colleges out here, uh, Cal State Fullerton, USC, UCLA, Stanford, um, a lot of all the California schools and kind of the bragging rights and uh, the bragging rights as far as schools go belong to UCLA in 2016, Aaron Lee won the tournament. Uh, she was 11 under for the, for the, uh, for the tournament. And um, she graduated to the LPGA tour through the semester tour last year. One of our 10 graduates every year, 10 graduates start uh, earn full-time LPGA card through the Symmetra Tour based on their um, ranking on the official money list at the end of the year. And uh, that is the case again this year. So tournament number two, the IOA Championship uh, on the road to the LPGA, Um, the next generation of future LPGA stars you get to watch right here each and every week. And um, it's, I mean, it's an exciting action. I, I always joke about it. I started in October and I have a golf background working at a at a country club back in Grand Rapids for several years and, and being a sports uh, anchor. But uh, these girls hit it uh, way farther than anything I could ever dream of hitting. So it's uh, it, hum- <laughs> it humbles you as a, as the the regular fan and um, it's it's always, it's great fun to watch and and see these girls chase not only their dreams but but their passion of uh, something that some of them have pursued for greater than 15 years in their life. Well said. Um, you know, it's true what they say. You know, they always talk about the professional tours and that these guys are good. Um, let me tell you, the girls uh, on the LPJ and obviously Symmetra Tour are, are great as well. Um, Cindy, I know you might have a question or two, so go ahead. What city is this tournament in this week? It says the Morongo Casino and Spa, Resort and Spa, but what city is it in? 
Yeah, so the tournament is in Beaumont, California, uh, just down the road about, oh, 30, 35 minutes from Palm Springs, uh, Rancho Mirage area where the LPGA Tour just held their first major of the season, the A&A Inspiration, with their Monday uh, playoff finish yesterday. So kind of piggybacks uh, right off um, the LPGA schedule in that sense and kind of nice just right down the road following right in the footsteps of uh, the mothership, the LPGA. And, um, yeah, good good area, lots of mountains, and uh, a little little California haze in, in the morning. <laughs> wow, thanks for getting yeah. up early for us. Laurel, yeah. <laughs> I need to, the first thing I need to say to you, Laurel, is thank you for your service. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, my pleasure. Yes. <laughs> and second thing is, are you trying to spin plates and do two things at once and be a naval officer and an LPGA professional? <laughs> well, I was active duty for six years, and I'm currently in the reserve, so that gives me the time to play golf and also do the Navy. And it's a, it's a good balance right now. So are you trying to earn exempt status on the Symmetra Tour and eventually the LPGA Tour? I would love to play professionally. That's eventually the goal. Currently, I'm still an amateur. Um, so we'll take this one tournament at a time and keep working hard to see where it goes. Awesome. Awesome. I bet you're really excited to tee it up this week. (laughs) This is my first big event and my first radio show. So thank you for having me, (laughs) but it's all been really fun and I'm, I'm really excited for all of it. Good for you. Very good for you. I just want to say one thing and then I'll let Ted talk. You've got to make sure you stay focused on the task at hand. Don't let all this hoopla make you crazy this week. Otherwise, the gerbils will win. And if he, I'm sure you <laughs> had the opportunity to watch uh, Pernella the last, over the weekend, and wow, how focused and determined did she stay. So if you can do she, half of what amazing. she did, you're going to be very successful this week. <laughs> if I could be like her this week, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, you've got to have a – you know, you've really got to stay focused on, on as Cindy said, on the task at hand because uh, it, it can get away from you real quick. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, being a naval officer, and again, as Cindy, uh, uh, quote Cindy, and thank you for your service. We appreciate that very much. Um, you know, you, you've, you've obviously learned a lot from uh, your time um, in the Navy to be disciplined and, and, and at whatever you do. So this is certainly going to help carry over in tournament play. Um, but what do you do specifically, Laurel, to prepare for a tournament like this? What do you do? What what areas do you focus on uh, primarily, um, and and what do you do? Is there sort of a ritual that you do in in, in preparation for this weekend? Uh, a lot of practice, uh, focusing on the different aspects. Definitely all the short game. I've been rolling a lot of putts. That's the main thing. Um, you know, the driver trying to get a little extra distance I've been lifting a lot but I don't want to have to push that in the tournament uh so you know it's a it's a long distance compared to most of the amateur events so I figure I'm going to be trying to get up and down a lot and so I've been focusing on the chipping short game putting the usual what's uh what's the strongest part of your game definitely my chipping 
I, I could sit on the chipping green for hours on end just listening to music, and next thing you know, it's been like three hours, and it's a lot of good practice, wow. and it's, I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Do you have a special caddy this week? Uh, my best friend, Elisa Diamond, she's a professional golfer, and she plays on the Cactus Tour, and so she'll be joining me, and I'm really excited to share this experience with her. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, now, Zach, you know, you, you've obviously um, are, are new to, to this position as of last fall, so you have an opportunity, as you said, to, to watch a lot of the players. Um, what do you do specifically yourself to prepare uh, for the tournament? Uh, what, what's your involvement, just for those that maybe don't know what it is that you do, what generally is your involvement uh, in getting ready for each week's event? Uh, so each week it, it, uh, it'll vary from point to point. Um, on our uh, kind of who is involved with the tournament. Um, so, for instance, Morongo has a, a good contingent of of volunteers and and people on the board who um, are heavily involved. So that that takes some stress away from me a little bit. But I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, organize interviews with uh, local TV, radio stations. Um, talk with with you guys and uh we actually have a another radio show uh live radio show here in the palm springs area the, later this morning um that will be going on the bill feingold show so um do some appearances work with the media uh i do a lot of writing uh and some video production um just to kind of market the the players and get their name out there you know a lot of these these players don't necessarily have the experience in marketing themselves right at this point in their career. They're kind of learning that or, you know, they, they've been focused on junior golf um, and just kind of getting their feet under them, so to speak, as they get into the professional realm. So they're kind of learning that. And I, I kind of give them a voice and, and help people find out who they are on and off the course and, um, you know, it's something that coming from the other side where, where I used to do that for myself from a television right. standpoint and now doing it, doing it for others. I think it's a, it's a really unique opportunity and something that I, I really cherish because, um, you know, it's, it, it kind of, in a sense, you give back to the people, to the, the girls who have worked so hard to, to get here. Um, but at the same time, you know, you produce some work that, that, uh, you know, people are reading and, and watching and, um, I, I tell everybody we did a, we had a tournament announcement up in the Valley Forge area and uh, earlier this winter. And um, after the announcement went and took the, uh, our local player, Emily Gimple around Philadelphia and did a, a Philly cheesesteak tour um, later this week, we're hoping to do a little in and, in and out burger challenge since in and out's kind of the king out here <laughs> of fast food and food right. in general. So, yeah, so just, just some fun stuff, uh, get the players involved, uh, in the community, um, in the, involved with the media, get their name out there, um, and just pr a lot of uh, content production uh, for us since uh, I kind of am the lone ranger, if you will, for that, and making sure the Symmetric Tour name gets around town and and uh, all that sort of stuff. Well, we're certainly glad to, to, to be able to offer some help in that area. And, and also, just a quick note, I, I want to mention, too, that uh, – the uh, IOA or, or Insurance Office of America is the uh, key title sponsor 
uh, of this event, but it's not the only one. They're going to be sponsoring some other events uh, throughout the year as well, correct? Yep. 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 They uh, they actually expanded their relationship with uh, with the Symmetra Tour in 2018. So where they were having um, two event two events usually a year, they expanded to three. So they'll have the IOA Championship this week, and then our next tournament, May 4 through 6 in Milton, Georgia, uh, the IOA Invitational. And then um, shortly on later, or actually later on in the year, they actually are now um, leading the IOA Golf Classic in Longwood, Florida from September 28th through 30th. So, yeah, they expanded their relationship with us this year, two to three events. And uh, I mean, it's a relationship that continues to grow and provides uh, these future stars of the LPGA some, uh, you know, some great backing and support. And uh, their partnership is, is, is very valuable. Fantastic. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Can you tell me what the Insurance Office of America does? Is it like a one-stop shop for companies to buy insurance? The name doesn't yeah. really explain what they do. Yeah, I mean, uh, Insurance Office of America, I think a lot of it, they're based, they have they have a base uh, in Florida. They also have a, um, a an office in um out here in california as well that's uh, per why uh why they have it we have a tournament out here but uh they you know they do a lot more than insurance um you know they they do a lot with their clients uh in international markets um uh payroll services personal insurance group health benefits 401k so they do a lot of the um you know, I mean, their their name really kind of states what they what they do, um, but they they really kind of kind of how um, they are as a uh, let's see here, kind of how they are as as a sponsor for the Symmetra Tour. They're really focused on building those long term relationships with their clients, and uh, they're they're kind of backing and support and trust uh, with the loyalty that they create with their clients. You, you know, is resembling of what they do out here on tour with uh with all the girls and and offering what they do with through the tournaments that they have fantastic so it's employee benefits yeah that's and fantastic hr services and stuff yeah yep that kind of yep super thank very you very cool very very cool so um Laurel, going back to you, obviously you're you're, you're ready for for this week, and and uh, you've probably got some final preparations. Um, what do you uh, now? You said you've got uh, a friend of yours is going to be on the bag this this weekend. Uh, is there anything that you've asked or that you're going to ask her uh, in preparation to, to sort of get some last minute tips on, on how to handle yourself out there? Well, she's very level headed, so I'm going to be trying to to get that from her and how she stays so level-headed. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm a very that go, certainly go, would go help type her. person. <laughs> Perfect. I um, know the feeling. Now, now Laurel, you, <laughs> yeah, Cindy, um, Cindy's obviously played on, on the LPJ as, and now the, the legends tour for, for a number of years. And, and she can attest to it. it it's uh it's uh yeah you're you're a go 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 too Cindy correct correct so try breathing 
that always <laughs> seems to work and stay focused on the task at hand and not the situation. That's some good advice. Right. Um, now, it, it, you, you mentioned that, that chipping is is a strong area of your game. Uh, is there an area that um, you're going to um, have to really rely on this week that normally doesn't uh, fit into your, your, your wheelhouse? What areas – and I, don't, I hate to use the word, term uh, weak area because I don't like to – especially coming into a tournament, I don't want to jinx you. But what area – isn't as strong that you're going to have to really uh, rely on the other parts of your game to, to sort of uh, help. Um, areas of improvement. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably my uh, iron shots coming into the green. I do. You know, I don't hit my driver quite as far as all the other ladies. So I have, you know, more hybrids and woods coming in as opposed to, you know, a nine or eight iron. So um, just working on those clubs and, so I've been practicing a lot with those, the, you know, 170 yards. Uh, and I've been, you know, aiming at a lot of targets, just mixing it up on the, the range, playing games with my friends out there who can hit the target first. And um, so just practicing with those, the longer irons for sure. Perfect. Um, now we, we mentioned early in the, in the segment that uh, you were involved in creating the USNA uh which is the Naval Academy's women's golf team. Tell us a little bit about that, how that came about. Um, my freshman year after I was at the Academy for a while and uh, or probably about six months and I, I wanted to go golfing, but I didn't really have the opportunity since uh, as a midshipman, you can only go out on the weekend. So it's not like a normal college. I couldn't just go golfing whenever. And, so I wanted that opportunity available for me, but also I had a, a group of ladies that I was friends with who also were golfers back in high school and wanted to pursue that um, into college. And so by working together, we were able to create this team that we were able to go out during the week and practice. And we, we found a coach. We put in a lot of hard work doing the fundraising, going around to, to different people and being like, hey, this is what we need. This is what we're trying to do. You know, can you help us out? And working with the administration to get things off the ground. So it was a, it was a long process. It took us, um, you know, each year we kind of made it a, a different step in the, the process. We we're an extracurricular activity. Then we we're a club sport. And then the year after I graduated, the Naval Academy uh, decided to fully fund it. And now it's a Division One varsity sport. So that opportunity is available for, you know, ladies who've come after me and, you know, generations to come. That is awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited. That, Let me ask, you know, we... was, your coach, um, <laughs> was your coach an officer or someone from a civilian? He was a civilian, um, Coach Kobach. He was a member of the men's club at the Naval Academy and saw us out there practicing and he offered to to help us out coaching and he also knew a lot of the a lot of the key players out at the course and um different schools trying to coordinate matches and everything. So he had all the connections. Um you know, we worked hard to, to create more connections to to get the matches off the ground and, you know, just starting everything is it, it was a lot of work and he, he put in a lot of time um totally volunteering to help us out. That's great. 
Now, when you when you were done at the Naval Academy, did you go, have to go serve for two more years? Uh, so after the Naval Academy, there's a five-year minimum commitment. So I was a um, I served active for six years, and I was stationed down in San Diego, California, at the Fleet Weather Center, San Diego. And so now I'm in the reserves. I'm actually with the affiliated reserve unit, so I go back to the same command doing the, the same job, meteorology and oceanography. Um, and the Weather Center does all of the, the forecasting for the, the Navy for all of the, the ships and aircraft um, around the world, or half of the world. But it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of ships and aircraft. <laughs> wow, wow, how cool is that? Now, do you, how often do you have to go in? Is it once a month and then two weeks a year? Yes, yes, exactly. Good for you. You know what? Very- what you've already done in your life is, is probably more difficult and demands more focus, training, and resilience than this thing you've got coming up this weekend. So just remember that. You've already experienced <laughs> more things than most women will ever experience in their lives, and you need to be very proud of yourself. Thank you. I think we all uh, we all have different different strengths and we're all different experiences. So it'll be it'll be fun to get their perspective on it. Um, playing with the the ladies of this caliber this weekend. Well, I think this tournament's uh, going to be a breeze. I think for you, Laurel, um, with what Cindy just said, I agree. Um, be, being ex Navy myself, uh, I know it's not. Uh, it's not always easy going through the training, and uh, it can be very, very difficult and challenging. It takes a lot of discipline, let me tell you. So uh, congratulations on that, and, and again, thank you for your service. So um, just as we wrap up this segment, um, any final thoughts, Zach, that you want to share uh, with the audience before we go uh, with respect to this weekend's tournament? Uh, it's going to be a great tournament. I mean, uh, we had some great performances the first uh, week of the year at Florida's natural charity classic. Um, Lauren Kim fired nine under par on the, in the final round to erase a four stroke deficit in the, uh, in the final day. Uh, you got um, several players in the, in the top 10 who have conditional status on the LPGA currently. So lots of names who have made a, who have been on the LPGA tour before, but who are also um, hungry to get there. So uh, Iowa championship is going to provide a great base for them to uh, continue the journey. And uh, we're not only excited for Iowa to be a host sponsor for it, but also to see what these girls can do out at uh, Morongo golf club from Friday through Sunday this week. Perfect. Well, um, have a great tournament this weekend, and uh, you particularly, Laurel, uh, best of luck. Uh, go and knock them dead, as they say. And uh, just uh, we wish you the, the best of luck. And, and, Zach, thank you. I know we'll be talking to you uh, throughout the year, uh, I'm sure, many more times, and we appreciate you coming on and, and uh, giving us some, some access to the Symmetra Tour. And, and I, I guess if they want more information, not only on the tournament, but uh, on the Symmetra Tour in general, for those tuning into the program this morning, uh, they can go to uh, SymmetraTour.com, correct? That's as easy as it gets. Yep, sounds good. Well, Zach and Laurel, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning on on the Women of Golf Show. We appreciate it. And uh, as I said, best of luck this weekend in the tournament. Uh, Keep up the great work, uh, uh, Zach and and Laurel. Best of luck again in the tournament. Thank you so much, and thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Ted. Thanks, Laurel. Good luck. 
Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, honey. Have have a good time. All right. That was our very special guest this morning, um, Zach Sapanik and Lieutenant Laurel Gill, uh, talking about this weekend's Iowa Championship, which is being presented by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa in uh, out at Tuckwet Canyon. Uh, that's going to be this Friday to Sunday, April 6th to April 8th. So you want to make sure uh, if you're going to be out there, uh, maybe get a chance to go to, and actually uh, visit live uh, at the tournament. Uh, and if not, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to to uh, pick up some information. Just visit uh, symmetratour.com, and and uh, there may be some local affiliates that may be carrying the tournament. Uh, I don't know if the Golf Channel will carry some snippets of it or not, but um, we'll we'll see. But anyways, uh, great uh, great to have them on the show. And we've got another great guest uh, joining us this morning, Cindy Donna White. Uh, she's the director of Golf Professional Services, and she's also the uh, current uh, serving as the current president of the South East, East section um, with the LPJ uh, executive uh, committee. And she's originally from uh, Kingston, North Carolina and attended the uh, university of North Carolina in Greensboro before transferring to the university of Florida uh, where uh, she's had an extensive junior and amateur career winning uh, the U S uh, women's uh, M in, in 1976. And was a Curtis uh, cup team member and a world team member uh, winner of three LPGA Tour titles. Uh, she retired from the Tour in 92 and, and has been doing a lot of other great things. Uh, currently, she stays involved in, in business and still teaches and coaches. And as I said, is the uh, current uh, president of the Southeast section of the LPGA Executive Committee and also stays involved with Special Olympics, uh, the LPGA, USGA Girls uh, Golf Program, and the PGA, uh, many of the PGA of America initiatives. So uh, let's welcome on our, our second uh, round of guests, uh, Donna White. Good morning. Good morning. How is everything up there in the snow while I'm sitting in 80 degree temperature? Well, the snow has melted, dear. But um, <laughs> it's only 41 degrees. But to us, oh my. Uh, I don't even have a I don't even have a coat on today. It feels like summer. Uh, we're supposed to have a cold wave. I think it's going to be in the mid 70s. <laughs> oh, poor you. <laughs> Thank you for, for joining us, my dear. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Go ahead, Ted. Um, so, Donna, yeah, Donna, let me just start off um, with, with uh, a question that I thought would be great to ask you because I know you're involved with the LPJ, uh, USJ Girls Golf uh, programs and that. But, uh, you know, it's no secret now that young girls are the fastest-growing segment in golf. Um, you know, all the stats uh, point to that. How do we keep that trend uh, sort of going? How do we keep uh, getting a lot of these young girls interested in, in golf? Well, I think uh, from the instruction side, it's it's opening up your programs, all your programs now to, to young girls. You know, having an LPGA, USGA girls site uh, at your facility. But from the exposure side, it's just like all girls sports. I think, you know, we just have to keep that changing of the game, whatever sport it is, or changing of the the face of the sport, um, you know, up, up front and, and focused, you know, the media attention, for example, um, you know, some of the features of some of the commercials that they do, you know. So I think it's um, raising awareness as well as from the professional side of it for Cindy and I and those in the industry, you know, making sure that we, mm-hmm. you know, include girls and women and the moms, you know, the moms are a big part of that as well as the dads, you know, 
Uh, I think golf is a great go-to sport for any young kid uh, today, you know, particularly, you know, the soccer, you know, you can't play soccer all year round and stuff. So, you know, although they try to make them do that. So I think those are the two key things is at the professional level, there's things that we can do to, from programs, but from the media exposure, I think that's the other thing that we, you know, that we can do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, you know, putting a face to, to, uh, or, or changing the image of a sport to be sort of all inclusive, um, mm-hmm. like that is certainly going to, going to help. Um, I, I just have another question and Cindy, I'm going to throw it back to you. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we also want to do, it's great that we're getting a lot of, uh, young girls and women in general coming to the sport. Um, and a lot of the younger girls, particularly that do come in, have aspirations of maybe playing, uh, one day on whether it be the Symmetra tour or eventually the LPGA tour and beyond. Um, but what can we do and, and what particularly can the LPJ needs to be more involved, do you think, um, in, in getting more of these young girls to lean towards the teaching side? How do we get more female teaching professionals out there? What, what steps do you think could be taken that, that maybe are not already being taken? Cindy? Uh, I can, for myself, no, I can, I can, is that for Cindy or for me? No, that's for you. That's for you. Oh, for me. Okay. Well, that's pretty, that's a pretty easy sale when I tell the parents that only 1% of the, of the juniors that play golf are going to get a D1 scholarship. You know, everybody thinks that their daughter's a, the next Annika or that their son's the next Tiger Woods, but when you show them the stats, uh, the other thing that I, that I personally like to inform people about is that, look, there are only 30,000 pros in this industry of 1.9 million people that work in it. And so that means there's a lot of opportunities, like 1.8 whatever opportunities in this golf industry that does not include playing on the tour or even becoming an LPGA professional. So even if you are an LPGA TNCP member, uh, you can become part of that 1.7 in many different ways. I mean, your golf ball can take you well beyond the ropes of the golf course. So that's probably the biggest thing that Cindy and I both are always trying to uh, promote is, is what this industry truly is. You know, people have a total misinterpretation of what golf is. They think it's the Masters this week. They don't realize all the ancillary um, opportunities for women and men that are out there. I mean, just, just, just to do the Masters, just think of all the other elements outside of the professional golfer that's there. Uh, that that an opportunity for employment arises. So uh, I think it's up to us to inform and educate the world about golf. They think it's it's professional golf. They don't even know the difference between professional golf and being a golf professional. So, you know, there's a branding problem there that I think both the LPGA, TNCP, and the PGA of America um, really need to be – we need to be better at that. You know, people – I even have kids that I, that I coach here at the university. They don't even know the difference when I ask them to define what a professional golfer is and what a golf professional is. So they come here and they want to go into the management, you know, the golf management sector of it. And they just think it's all about golf and golf swing and uh, being a club pro or whatever. So there's so many elements, I think, that both the LPGA, TNCP, and PGA of America that, that we can really do better as far as informing the public about this industry. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, would agree. And I think it's just a, 
yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier about sort of a marketing and branding and how it's presented to the to the public in general. Um, Cindy, go ahead. So Donna, I happen to know I've known you since college, and and I have admired you for many, many, many years. So tell us exactly. In my opinion, you're one of the pioneers of those who have gone from being a successful LPGA Tour player to being almost more successful as a businesswoman. So tell us what Golf Professional Services, Inc. does. Thanks, Cindy. Um, Well, we provide all the merchandise. In other words, we own the golf shops, uh, the food and beverage, all the instructional programs, you know, the club fitting services, uh, club repair services. We assist with the tournament operations, those types of things. Uh, Marketing and, you know, pretty much everything that, on the golf professional side of it that typically would be uh, at a facility. And therefore, we're contracted by uh, Palm Beach County to provide these services at, at some of their facilities. So that's pretty much what we do in a nutshell. It's, it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey, particularly, as you said, I mean, I started this company in 1995. And while I don't like to think of this as a male-dominated industry, I like to look at it more as an industry where I get to pursue my passion and talents regardless uh it's still been a journey and i've been grateful to be able to um you know to be successful in both the business side as well as the programming side that's awesome and and i happen to know that you've also got a nonprofit foundation that you help junior golfers can you tell us about that well being in the municipal golf side of the industry and me myself coming from you know i wasn't a member of a country club you know i've always felt very comfortable more at the semi, you know, semi-private facilities, even though I've worked at private clubs. Uh, you know, I was that Joe Q. public child. So when I did my, when I formed my company, my mission was to also uh, to provide affordable programming for, for youth in South Florida. And it was coming at a time when Tiger was at his peak. And so we still, even today, have a lot of parents who are not golfers, who are like me, or parents who started golf with their kids. And so um, I was encouraged. Uh, Bobby Brown was my head pro at that time. We were encouraged. We formed a, a junior golf foundation, Okahili Junior Golf Foundation, and then now it's the Junior Golf Foundation of America. And it's, it's probably been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. So it's a foundation we, that allows us to raise money. My entire junior program is run through the foundation, bottom line. So it allows kids to play you know to keep our it allows us to keep our rates very affordable um and provide programming to those kids that typically would not be you know most of our 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 youth they are not members of a country club you know it's we're a municipal facility we've had some great success we're proud chase and brooks kepka from our program um you know they were dropped off every day at seven o'clock in the morning and picked up at night uh we you know young now we have kids of the kids so that's how old I am, you know, and it's so neat to, um, you know, they're doctors and lawyers and just follow them and see now how they too now are getting, are staying involved in the game, even though they may not be in the professional side of it, but now have their kids and their family and their parents and stuff all playing. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. You know, Donna, something that, that, sort of struck me there in your conversation, you know, talking about families. And and I really see this as, you know, sort of the next evolution of golf. You know, again, as you mentioned earlier, you know, it has been for a long time, 
uh, sort of a male-dominated sport. Now we're getting more women involved. Uh, and obviously there have been a lot of young kids over the years that have gotten into golf and, and played, gone to the professional level. Um, but I think really the, the trend now is to, to get more families uh, out there playing as a family, you know, whether it be on vacation uh, or even just on, on a weekend, just getting together. Uh, what a great opportunity to, to help solidify and, and family bonding time, if you will. And, and this is obviously something that you're trying to do through the, the Junior Golf and Foundation of America, correct? Well, that's something we've always done. It's always been everything, even with the, we were one of the first LPGA USGA girl sites. And even through that, that's the great thing I love about that program because it's really more recreational based. And so even in that, we would provide, you know, parent-child events. Um, I do an instructional program that's parent-interactive. In other words, with the little ones, the parents are involved with it. It's called Start Smart, which is also a common program with soccer and football. But that also enables us as uh, program leaders to develop a rapport with that parent because, like I said, some of them are new to the game. And so that builds the relationship. You know, the program that I developed, we're, you know, I'm like Cindy. Our goal is to keep these kids with us through high school. You know, we develop long-term relationships, and that's with the family. It's not just the child because uh, – and so now you're kind of seeing a lot of that, being in, municip- in the municipal side of it or the public arena – you know, that's something that's it's like, duh, where have you been, sitting under a rock? I mean, it's like, it's like that's the way you, you, that, that you should be doing it, and it's nothing new. There are a lot of people that are in public and municipal that have been doing this for years. Um, it's just right. now, with the change of the recession, you saw, you know, private clubs, you know, struggle become semi-private. You saw semi-private clubs now that are public. And now it's like, whoa, you know, we need to get members. And so you've seen this big push for family, fun, and friends. And But truthfully, Cindy can tell you, there's a lot of great professionals that have been doing this, you know, since the inception of the game and those programs that have been successful. So families are important, but um, the key is is keeping them as lifelong, you know, participants. And, it, I mean, this is a great sport. I mean, you know, you got grandfathers and great-grandfathers out there. It's, it's the neatest thing. I did a progressive program for um, Physically Challenged just last month. And, you know, one of the gentlemen, he, he had had a stroke. And he had a son come with him every single weekend. And it was the neatest thing because he's there videoing him and being part of it. And, um, you know, it's that continued participation. You know, we've done all these one shot in the arm. I'll probably get in trouble here, Cindy, but, you know, our associations have promoted all these one shot in the I call them one shot in the arm uh, initiatives. Oh, that's great, but how are you going to keep them? You know, it's like right. the Get Golf Ready program is great, but you know, I had we created. How about Got Golf Ready? You know, or like our, you know, it's neat. We we just started an LPGA 101 program, which is awesome. But already one of our members has said, "Okay, well, I'm doing a 201." You know, it's the progressive education and participation that that I think that our members and our professionals need to focus on. It's great to have the bus drive up in the parking lot and put the T-shirt on the kids and take a photo and say you're doing a program, but how greater is it when they are 30 years old, when they drive up in the parking lot and get their kid out of the car to do the program? You know, and I think that should be really the intent and the purpose and the mission for us to be able to, to grow the game. Absolutely. Yeah, I- yeah, I, I agree. Um, Cindy, go ahead. 
So tell us what you're doing with the kids. Give me some ideas because we teach an awful lot of kids up here. We've got a junior camp starting in 15 minutes. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because we've also got a young man who went to college and graduated and worked in New York City for a while who just texted me last night and said, hey, I'm back in Buffalo. I want a lesson. And, he, you know, he's like 27 years old. And we started him when he was 13. So that's what we're talking about. But give me some ideas so I can steal some. Well, as far as, well, I'm giving you our Start Smart Parent Interactive stuff. I, we have what's called a progressive education program that I did. It's five levels you progress through. So you're with us for years, and you can progress through at your own rate. And so we combine, and we always have them on the golf course right away, so we try to combine games, you know, the, the game of golf with the swing of golf. I think that's been a key to our success. Uh, we have recreational opportunities for competition, we're losing. We're actually losing kids, as you know, in junior golf at, in, like, the uh, middle school age now. My belief on that is because we have exposed them to tournaments, competitive tournaments at too early of an age. Uh, they're not ready to compete. So I'm more inclined to do a little more recreational type of, uh, of competition, like with a team or a partner or um, less stress because there's, you know, two stages. you got to have – learning readiness, but you got to be ready to compete. And some of our five-year-olds are not ready to be thrown into tournaments every single <laughs> week down here. So, uh, down here, it's I like every you. week those kids are playing in a tournament just so that they can get a picture on Facebook to show grandma, which is, look, if there are some five-year-olds, a few that may be ready to compete, but I personally don't. I've seen just very few. Uh, so the, I think we the combination of a lot of different things, Getting feedback, Cindy, is important from the parents and from the kids. You know, I think, I think uh, my staff is gonna, has done a great job getting feedback, not stay, saying, staying set in stone about uh, how we teach a program. You know, kind of, you know, now using blending technology now with the camps and, and even with the young kids, and they're letting them use their cell phone to research some of the terms and things like that. So I, I just think that's been a key so if, let me summarize that. So I think keeping the parents involved or their guardian involved, uh, staying creative on the type of, uh, of, of programs that you offer, and being able to blend the game and learning the swing. I mean, truthfully for us, and the, the core of it is how it associates to life, you know, blending all this stuff to life skills and transferable skills. So I think that's pretty much how we've done it. And as I've always said, your best marketing tool are your students. You know, you're only as good as the last lesson you gave or the last program you gave. So, um, you know, staying involved on that side with the kids even after they leave. Agree. Totally yeah, agree. I, I think that's – I agree with that as well, Donna. Um, you know, Donna, there, there's – we had recently on, on the program, we had um, a, a woman who organizes a, an adaptive uh, golf program uh, for those that have different physical challenges and, and needs. And, you know, one of the things that she's talked about is that there is literally a huge population of, of folks at various ages that fall into that category that really are not being, um, you know, addressed by not only the golf industry, but a lot of other industries. And I know you've had some involvement with Special Olympics. Talk us a little bit about that and, and, you know, some of the things that you're doing there and, and maybe some ways that golf can, can 
better tap into to that area as well and, and, and get some of the, uh, not just the kids, but, but even some of the adults that, that maybe have adaptive uh, physical challenges or even uh, some mental challenges that maybe golf could help them uh, down the road? Um, good question. I've been involved with that really since 1970. I've been involved with Special Olympics since college. Uh, so for me, it kind of came natural. Uh, I had a professor that, um, you know, that I, I've always kind of uh, had an inclina- inclination, you know, to uh, to make golf accessible for all ages and ability, and regardless of skill level, physically challenged and intellectually challenged. Uh, I think, number one, the biggest hurdle in our industry that we have to get over, to tell you the truth, is the professionals, they don't feel like they can, that they have the skills to teach someone with a physical or intellectual challenge. That's the biggest hurdle. So when Judy Alvarez and I uh, or other people, we go around and we train, uh, for me, when I, when I train professionals or volunteers to get involved with Special Olympics, I have to sell them on the point. Really, it's no different than teaching anyone. It just may take a little more patience, a little more creativity, and a little more time. Otherwise... I mean, you focus on their abilities just like you would in a lesson, <laughs> you know. So once, once we tell the pros and, and the, or the new instructors that we're trying to get to run these types of programs, then they seem to relax and gain confidence, and then they feel like they have the ability to, to go to their communities and, you know, initiate a program like this. So I think that's probably been a, a big hurdle for us. They think, well, I mean, I don't have any background in special education or therapeutic recreation or occupational therapy and so I say well do like I do have a recreational therapist come to your when you offer your adaptive clinic have an occupational Mm -hmm. therapist come to you or a physical therapist so network within the community around you you know we're involved with the Elf for Autism here at Kaiser we we get our students you know doing practical training with that it's just I totally agree with whoever you had on there look Truthfully, we all would we would all fall in that category. Every one of us has something. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. When we, right. so I think if you look at when we interview, if you look at our interviews, Ted, when we interview a student, I'm telling you, yep. everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And I think when if we embrace it in a holistic type of presentation, I think it's easier to to sell those types of programs uh, and to for facilities to open themselves up to become more inclusive. On the flip side of that, when you look at that participant, it's just like a, a regular golfer that we have that comes to a lesson. They have apprehensions. They, have, they aren't real sure they can do stuff. But that's the same for any student we teach. A lot of our students, particularly those women that the lesson was booked by their husband, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it, I try to make it um, – come in from a holistic approach when I when I speak to to uh, you know to both volunteers who want to help with programs or professionals who are interested in you know getting more information to to be able to uh, provide these accessible golf programs at their facilities that look it's really no different than any student that, or customer that walks through your doors right I, yeah I agree and and I think you you kind of hit it on the the nail on the head you know i I think it's important for the industry whether it be the lpj or uh, pj of america really to to reach out uh within the community uh and 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 maybe even partner with organizations that do 
uh, work with with special needs and, and that and 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 maybe draw from their experience because obviously you know we have a great teaching community um, that works in the system that deals with special needs children and and adults and they have a wealth of knowledge to draw on so you know why not partner and and get involved in that from a community standpoint uh, and just add golf to to the element um, you know through the various oh, teaching that's, professionals that's, because that's the only way it works is at the grassroots level. Right. I mean, I was doing Special Olympics golf in a soccer field even when I was playing on tour. You know, uh, right? It, it it just that's how it works. And then someone saw it or someone got involved, and that's how the whole Blaine Special Olympics golf program got ignited. You know, my, I had a pro am. Cindy played in it for years. Mm-hmm. I I would do uh, I'd raise money for Special Olympics, and I said, well, golf's not in the in the Special Olympics uh, lineup as an official sport, but I was doing it at the soccer field here. The same thing with the HOPE program. That's through the VA. The same thing through Accessible Office, through the Parks and Rec. The same thing with the Strokes for HOPE. There's the Stroke Association. But you got to pick the phone up, and you got to go out and say, look, I have a golf course. I have a driving range here. Do you have, can you help me? You know, and are you kidding? They are looking for things from a therapeutic recreation standpoint on getting their clients oh, out yeah. or their, or their students out, even the after school, the special, special education. When I first started the um, special Olympics program, we had one special education teacher that just loved golf. She'd go around and pick up all the kids and bring them. Those days have changed now because wow. we have one of the largest um, special Olympics golf programs here in Palm Beach County. But um, Cindy can tell you, it's just like her, it, it's, it's me and Cindy and the pro and the manager of that club giving that professional or those members, empowering them to pick the phone up. Look, I call it the tour player syndrome. And, well, you know, Cindy and I can both laugh at this because we'll have tour players who are making a transition. They think they can put their tour player bag on the driving range and all these lessons are going to come. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then next thing you know, you know, well, golly, you know, I, I, I worked here and I didn't, you know, I just couldn't make a living. And, I, you know, so Cindy and I will be the first one to say, well, what certifications do you have to teach? You know, so I'm, it's the same thing for any type of program, you know, so it's picking up the phone and empowering yourself with the knowledge and information to, to provide and offer these programs. And look, if your facility won't offer them, Find a facility that will. I guarantee you, municipal facilities in the, in the in your communities or in the communities are starving for program access. You know, um, put yourself out there. That's what I say. Yeah. Well, uh, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well said, Donna. You know. Um, the young lady that I was referring to, Gianna Rojas, um, she's uh, an adaptive golfer herself. And one of the comments, uh, Donna, sort of falls into line with what you've been talking about, and it's really education. And, you know, she started an organization, AdaptiveGolfers.org, and one of the things that she her, – her mission is really to provide information – not just from the teaching side. I mean, she's certainly not a teacher professional, but she communicates with a lot of teacher professionals on getting them to to sort of get involved with that community. But more importantly, she reaches out to that community and gives them a wealth of information on where they can go to find out the things they need to do, what organizations they can contact. And that's really... Yeah, Yeah. programs, equipment, she posts. 
Yeah. The, you got they, they may have to have modified equipment. The, you know, there's equipment out there, you know, right. for that can be uh, that people really don't even know about it. A lot of the, the tour players, I mean, uh, a lot of our teaching pros don't as well. Yeah. So any type of resources like that, it's a small community, it's a small network, and I'm grateful to be part of it. Well said. Um, well, Donna, for those that, that want to reach out and, and learn a little bit more about you and, and uh, golf professional services, where can they go? Do you have a website that we can direct them to? Ah, uh, well, you can, the website is www.golfprofessionalservices.org uh, or jgfa.org. Um, or if they want to email me, if they have any questions, feel free to email me. Um, D White four one five five at aol dot com. Um, I can. I. I I say probably my greatest, one of my greatest strengths is that I do, I am not scared to pick the phone up if I don't know a question or an answer. I try to link someone and then I back out. So I'm good at connecting people to people and then I'll back out. So hopefully if they have a question, I can direct them somewhere to find an answer. Well, perfect. Well, thank well, you, Donna, my dear. You, you for, are the best. Yeah. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Seth. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, stay warm. All right, well, thank you very much, Donna. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, honey. All right. That was our very special guest, Donna White, uh, joining us, the uh, uh, Director of Golf Professional Services. And um, what a great uh, wealth of information Donna has, um, uh, you know, about the business and some great ideas as well. And, Cindy, I know you, you know her personally quite well, and and um, it was great to have her on this morning. Um and I know you've got to, to rush off to uh, do some lessons, so we'll wrap things up here. Uh, again, a special thanks to our, our guest this morning, uh, Zach Spanik from the Smetatur Media and Public Relations, and uh, Lieutenant Laurel Gill, uh, member of the United States Navy. She's off to play in this weekend's Smetatur event, the IOA Championship, presented by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa at Tuckwet uh, Canyon. Uh, this weekend from April 6th to 8th. So good luck to Laurel and, and all of the other uh, participants in, in this weekend's Symmetra Tour event. And again, a special thank you to Donna White uh, for joining us as well. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. And we look forward to serving you next Tuesday right here uh, from 9 to 10 on the Women of Golf. Thanks, everybody. God bless and have a great week. And enjoy the Masters for those of you that are going to be uh, there attending and those that are going to be watching on TV. Uh, have a great uh, uh, watch a great event. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a great week. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Before Shopify, were you wondering where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.